Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, I really believe this. I, I said it before the game. Like he played. He did a lot of what he did all year in the first two games. It was just everybody was at the rim to challenge him. We made a couple shots. That loosens up a little bit. And uh, and then we got some movement before the drive, which loosens it up a little bit. Um, he's a really good player. And um, he's a really competitive guy. And so I'm not surprised when he plays well. Um, my coaches and my teammates, um, coach, made adjustments. Um, and he just put me in a better position to be successful. And, and first and foremost, I was just in attack mode. I was trying to do whatever it takes to win this game. And my teammates kept feeding me and putting me in the right spots. And um, the shots was falling. So that's all I did. I got the easy part. My teammates helped me out a lot. And coach does a great job of adjusting. The Celtics win 111 to 103 in game three of this first round series against the Atlanta Hawks as Isaiah Thomas has a career high 42 points. We're going to break this game down for you on the Garden Report. Powered by They got to win. Powered by Seeking on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Yes, I'm the boss. Welcome to the show. I am Jared Weiss, your Valiant co-host. With me, as always, Jimothy Toscano. As usual. We're here to pay tribute to Purple Rain himself, Prince. Purple Rain, I'm Purple not Rain. Oh, Ooh, yes. So we got Jeremy We've behind the a lot camera. Of All the Facebook Live viewers. Oh, no, we got more viewers after dropping some rhymes there. So, the Celtics win. Isaiah Thomas has a career-high 42 points. Jonas Jarebko plays a greatest center performance of his career. Plays more than 30 minutes for the first time in five career seasons. Career night for Jarebko, too. Five Put seasons. It out there. He hasn't played more than 30 minutes. He plays 37 minutes. But let's talk about Isaiah here in part one. We'll talk about Jonas in part two. They unleashed Isaiah by starting Evan Turner, letting Evan Turner run point out of the post for a lot of this game getting Isaiah off the ball mm-hmm. and letting him run circles until he found his open look. And this time, instead of hitting finger rolls off the front of the rim, they were actually going into them. The difference, our, our buddy Doc Rivers will tell you, it's a make-or-miss league. It's a make-or-miss league. He will tell you that. <laughs> and, I mean, if you, in the early on in this game, you could tell the spacing was the, biggest, was the biggest difference right off the bat. And that's exactly, you know, oftentimes a team will put it in a game plan. It might not work. This one seemed to work exactly how Brad Stevens wanted it to work. Putting in Drebko in there, putting in uh, Turner, allowing Isaiah Thomas to be a little bit more free out there on the court. And you just saw the points start to rack up for these guys. They were hitting the open shots. That's something that they couldn't do last game. They couldn't get in the paint and hit anything last game, the last two games. And when you space the floor the way they did, and that's why 
not having a Linux really hurts them because you can space the floor clearly. Um, that's why when you do when they do space the floor like that, they're they're effective, and you can see it on both ends because Jarebko. As great as he was offensively, I don't want to talk about Drepko, but as great as he was offensively tonight, mm -hmm. he really helped them defensively. And that helps Isaiah because, as we all know, Isaiah can be a bit of a liability on a defensive end. I think he's doing a pretty decent job. Yeah. I mean, Jeff, he did have to cover Jeff Teague a decent amount. Teague had a really good game. But Teague frankly, had a good Teague, game. Teague kind of did it to everybody on the team, whether it was Smart covering him or Turner or Crowder ended up getting switched on him. No matter who was covering Jeff Teague, he was able to sidestep them. Um, but Isaiah offensively, I think did just about everything he possibly could. He was hitting the threes. What did he do? He he had five threes in this game. You know, he went five he for twelve from deep and then twelve for twenty-four from the field. So he was almost perfect inside of the three-point line. And he got to the free throw line thirteen times tonight. Yeah. Finally, was able to draw fouls, and he actually hit pretty much all of his free throws. He the way that he was able to get in the paint and then actually attack the rim just a little bit quicker. And maybe it's because he was getting that head start because he was getting he was kind of getting the ball passed to him on mm -hmm. his cuts a lot of the time. But he was able to meet Horford and Millsap and those guys at the rim a little bit earlier than he was in games one and two. And that allowed him to get position so that he could actually get off a clean look. While a lot of those, those guys were kind of smothering him in the air. He wasn't right. getting the same kind of clean look. But, you know, really a lot of it was just that he was missing layups that he usually would make. And those a lot of the shots that he was missing in Atlanta, those were ones that were going in in Boston. Yeah, and it's like anything else. When you start to see a couple go in, you start to get in that flow. You start to get that confidence going. I think playing at home is huge for these guys. I mean, as, as much as they like playing on the road, I mean, when they're playing at home, they they almost do look a little bit, not only completely different, but they're just that intensity. They feed off of it so much because that's the type of guys they are. They're that gritty, clawing, energy guys. And when they can feed off the fans here, I think that just takes it to another level. And I think we saw that right off the bat. But with Isaiah, I mean, this guy, I mean, when you talk about just – guys who can put the team on their back and just really step up and he's Brad Stevens said after the game he is no greener light than he has here you know and, and no pun intended with the color green it's just that the guy can shoot pretty they'll let this guy shoot pretty much whenever wherever you know within reason but you really there comes points in the game where you just don't want the ball in anybody else's hands but his and that was one of those games tonight where you just kind of had that feeling when he was going for 40 you know like around you know, early on in the third quarter, when he was starting to creep up there, you're like, "This guy's gonna, no, this guy's gonna go for 40." And I, a lot of people said he's gonna have to go for 40 if they want to win this game, and that might be true too, because there's sometimes there's just not a lot of other options offensively. And I mean, he was the only one that was that I mean, him and Amir Johnson were the only two that made more than half of their shots. Mm -hmm. Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier also made half of their shots. Jerry Solomon and one for Smart two. Had a really good Smart, game. Smart was solid tonight. He got it done pretty much everywhere. He had five assists. Uh, he did commit four turnovers, which was definitely an issue. And he's kind of he's he's wants Six to do that. Six or seven flops. Yeah. Um, the last flop he had, uh, Kyle Korver, which I asked Korver about, and Korver said, it's happened a thousand times in the series. I'm not that strong. Where I think Marcus the refs Smart are ran a little keen to Exploded it. off of him. Mm -hmm. I, wonder, I think he's going to get a fine for that one. Because I think he's already gotten a warning. If I'm he not might mistaken, get something. I don't, I don't, listen, I, I don't like the flopping by Smart, but in that instance, you're talking about what the offensive re, the, that was when he rebound. went out for the rebound. He didn't do anything for the team, though, in that instance. No, but I don't mind him trying to get a foul there because maybe you do. Korver had five fouls at the time. And, I mean, give it, give it your best shot. Try to get that guy out of the game because no. he was, you know, the Kyle Korver that we've come to know and hate is the one that, you know, drains threes, you know, up and down, you know, all game. So, I don't hate that flop, but generally speaking, I do hate 
the flops. I don't think Marcus Smart cares whatsoever whether or not people care about him flopping. He's no, gonna, he doesn't. He's going to continue That's to do it. Game. He's going to find more creative ways to do it. The only downside to it is that he's not going to get the calls as much because he has a reputation right. for flopping, right, right, right. but so be it. Um, so lastly, before we go to part two, do the Celtics go with the exact same game plan in the next yes. game? I think they, they go with the same starting lineup for sure. I mean, you make now you make the Hawks adjust to you. Right, what happened today? The, the Celtics had to adjust to the Hawks because the Hawks came out hard on them the first two games. The Celtics were playing catch-up for pretty much the entire game for both games. Um, the Celtics, for the first time in the series, had a lead to play with. They forced the Hawks to adjust to them. So now it's on the Hawks to come out with the game plan uh, in game four and try to counter what the Celtics are doing. You don't mess with success. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're the Celtics, you come out and you start doing the same thing. you got to come out strong. You got to come out. I'm not saying Jonas Drebko is going to start the game off with a tip, you know, a putback dunk to start things off and take the roof off this place. But you set the tone early, and you try to, you know, ride the momentum the rest of the way through. We can't not talk about if Isaiah Thomas is going to be in that game, though. Are we going to talk about that? We're going to lead part two with that. One, We're going to lead so part two with that. Okay. Stay here for part two. Uh, before we go, the Garden Report is powered by SeatGeek, and we'll answer questions. And we'll answer questions on the Facebook live stream, but. Go to SeatGeek to get tickets for Game 4 if you want to go to Game 4, and I can guarantee you it's sold out. So if you want to get tickets, go to SeatGeek. If you're a first-time user, use the code CELTICSBEATS, and you will get a $20 rebate off of your first purchase. So that is CELTICSBEAT is the rebate code. So we'll see you for Part 2. Stay on this Stay playlist right there. on this YouTube channel, and we'll be right back Stay on right the there. Garden Report post-game show. Tonight was just a game. I just I didn't care what happened. I was out there just trying to make the right play, make the winning plays, and do what I can to make help this team win. Huh? Nah, I always tried to hit 40, so I, I'm glad I got there. <laughs> you know, one of the things the coach said, just come out and play your game. You know, we the first two games, we came out kind of flat and I just you know I just wanted to bring that energy uh started a game and, and start start the game off right uh you know uh got a little lucky there on uh Isaiah's miss and and that started the game off right and Isaiah that starting lineup uh how did that change things for you guys tonight as opposed to the first two games just gives us space uh, I think Brad is just big on space and being in attack mode catch and go he's always talking about either catch and attack the paint or pass or shoot it and I think the guys out there today were just guys that can catch, shoot, um, drive the lane, and, and make, make the extra pass. And, and um, everybody played a big part in tonight's win, but it's only one game. Now we got to look to, look to game four to, to take, take um, care of home court. Left-hand side, Kevin. Kevin O'Connor, SB Nation. There's obviously a lot of talk about the spacing Jonas provides, but how much does his ability to switch on defense really help you guys out, especially when you go 4-5 or five with Crowder at the 4 and Jonas at the 5? Um, it helps a lot. It goes back to last year. I think we, we ran that lineup a lot last year, and we were very successful in making teams and just to us on both ends. Um, Jonas is a versatile player that can, that can guard multiple positions. He was even out there guarding Schroeder and Teague, and that's, that's, that's hard to do, but he did, a, he did a pretty good job on them. And, we just got to build on this, um, remain confident, and, and, and look forward to game four. Jonas, how, how comfortable do you feel defending multiple positions? Um, that's the way we've been playing all year when I've been in there. And, you know, he's been throwing me at the five or the four or the three, and, and we've been switching around. And, and uh, you know, like I say, I said, just making the other team uh, adjust to what we do. Um, and uh, it kind of 
worked pretty good today, but I, I think we can do a lot better. Um, he got a couple easy buckets on me, and so did Schroeder. So and that's something I got to look at the video and, and take, take away in the next game. Part two of the Garden Report here, the Swedish Larry Bird edition of the show, where we talk about the Swedish the, Swish, the starting power forward for the Boston Celtics and the closing center for the Boston Celtics, Jonas Jarebko. Yes. He's a new father, baby Isabel watching him from home. He put on an absolute <laughs> show, and I can guarantee you she was watching. So he Hopefully had, they DVR'd it. He had 11 points, a game-high plus 14. He had 12 rebounds and four assists, playing from the four and the five spot for the most part. Mm -hmm. He had to guard guys like uh, Paul Millsap tonight, Al, Al Horford. Horford tonight. I mean, he had really tough matchups. Switch on the team. And Amir Johnson, someone will credit also. Amir Johnson had 15 points. Paul Millsap and Al Horford combined for 16 points. That's a quiet 15 points for Amir Johnson. I mean, I thought he was pretty great in this game, but in the fourth quarter they went to Crowder at the four and then Jarebko at the five, so we we didn't really see much of him at mm -hmm. the end, though. But Jarebko's performance early in this game, obviously we talked about it, that tip slam to set things off, that was great. Mm -hmm. But he at first they weren't honoring his spacing. They were going with the same defensive scheme of packing the paint, not, not really switching out onto guys and letting them take their shots. Then he started to actually make shots and make plays. It wasn't, I mean, he only went one for four from deep tonight, but he was stepping in to take some shots. He was actually driving and kicking and making plays. I mean, he was really effective tonight, and he restored the Hawks' necessity to actually guard the perimeter for the Celtics, and that's what opened things up for Evan Turner to work out of the post, for Isaiah Thomas to keep getting to the lane and getting to the line and score his career-high 42 points. So Jonas was like kind of the unsung – or. He was the semi-MVP tonight for the Celtics. I think he was such an unsung hero that he's, like, extremely sung. Yes. He's, like, an extremely sung hero. Screaming his praises from the yeah. mountaintops. Yeah, and rightfully so. I'm going to say career game for Jonas Jarebko. I'm going to go ahead and say that. When you factor in the big stage, you factor in how badly they needed this win, you factor in how effective he was on both ends. On the offense, and Brad Stevens said this, it's kind of a bonus, right? I mean, yeah. they're not putting Jarebko in there for – for him to score five of your first nine points of the game and really like set things going in the right direction. But I mean, sure, if he's in there because he can stretch the floor, if you're gonna give him that shot, he's gonna take it. And he does have the ability to get to get to the hoop and we saw that right off the bat with that put back slam. Um, this is a guy that he's gonna when he is out there playing, he's gonna give it, you know he's gonna he's not leaving anything out there on the court. And, you know, Steven said that they mostly wanted Jarebko out there for defensive versatility right. and the theory of spacing. But the thing is, like they've seen so far, you know, they put out R.J. Hunter out there, who in theory is a shooter, but mm -hmm. he didn't actually make the shots, so he wasn't actually getting effective spacing. So they need the guy to actually make the play, and Jarebko proved that. And that's why, at first, the Hawks, the Hawks originally, at the beginning of the game, said, that's great that you, in theory, have spacing, but we don't believe right. you, so we're going to put it to the test. And then when they learned the hard way that it's going to work, they had to make up for it. And the fact that the Hawks had that comeback in the third quarter to make up for the fact that they lost the first quarter 37-20 to 20, yep. was pretty remarkable. And that was when Amir was in the game, and Amir and Isaiah were the two guys really keeping the team afloat. Amir had a great game. He didn't play much in the fourth, at least at the end of the fourth right. quarter. So we didn't. It was. It wasn't quite as, as memorable as what Jonas was doing. But he was going toe toe to toe with Horford and really beating Horford most of the time. He had some tremendous plays. He only got credited for two blocks, but I think he had two or three other shots, like you know, shot stops at the rim that were yeah. just as valuable as block shots. Shots altered. Yes, shots altered. Uh, and he he was just so effective in so many ways in the post, both stopping guys like uh, Schroeder and T coming. 
going into the lane, but also really keeping Horford out of his game, and then the whole team kind of combined on Millsap again. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about Amir for a minute, I mean, you can go as small as you want for as long as you want, but at some point you're going to need size. I mean, that this is, I know that the NBA is an ever-changing landscape, and it's all about three-pointers now, but there comes a point where you just need a big guy in there sometimes, and especially if you want to, you know, make sure that you're not getting exploited down low under the hoop because as good as you know Millsap and Horford are out of the paint they they can be just as effective they're big bodies and you can't sometimes you know uh, you know a Crowder or a Drebko yeah they can they can body you up up you know further out but once you get closer to the basket I mean it just comes a size issue so a guy like Amir you need that size in there and I think he was like I said a quiet 15 he's another guy that the offense is a bonus you're not really looking for points out of him you're looking for him to do his job on the defensive end grab boards get these guys back out in transition and i think that's something that he did very well tonight all right so we're going to come back in part three here by the way jonas 239 games without a start until tonight and like i said off the top he hadn't played 30 minutes in a game 30 plus minutes in a game and i think it was five seasons yeah until no tonight. yep you're right 37 so, minutes. Talk tonight. about waiting for your, your time to shine. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> All right, so we're going to play you the Grand Sand play of the game. You know where to go for Grand Sand, the best get, best way to get view of the game from fans in the stands. And then we're going to come back for a third part where we're going to answer the questions from our Facebook live streamers. We have well, 69 viewers we, right we, now. We, Hilarious. We lied to everybody. We Did said we, we were going to start the second video with Isaiah Thomas. Oh, that's right. So. So we have to do that right now. Instead of editing in, we're just going to do it right now. We're My bad. Gonna do it. Isaiah Thomas, does he get suspended for this hit? I say no. I say he gets a $25,000 fine. So, recap. Do people know? People. Uh, if you if you watch our show, you know. I don't have to recap before. Yeah, you got, you got yeah. to know. You're a serious Celtics fan if you're watching Isaiah Thomas, did he or did he not intentionally take a little bit of a swing? Very obviously intentionally swung. Dennis Schroeder. There's no question whatsoever. He says he didn't see him. That's great. He's sticking by that. That's great for If him. you're Isaiah Thomas, you have to say that. Sure. You, you can't no, sit course. up there and of say, course. hey, he was bothering me and emotions got out of hand and I took You can't say that. Yeah. So whether or not he's telling the truth or not, it doesn't matter. You say what you have to say and you hope that the league slaps you on the wrist with a hefty fine because make no mistake about it, Isaiah Thomas not playing on Sunday I mean don't even I don't want to say don't come but there's got to be something better you can do on a Sunday evening than watch the Celtics lose by 40 if Isaiah don't oh, I don't, if Isaiah doesn't play I'm sure Jonas will take over a point guard and he'll score 40 that's points that's true I mean yeah. yeah you can't write him off something completely. that Jonas Jerebko can't do I think that's I, one thing we've learned. I think he's probably I agree with you I think he's my brain I'm not sure if this is my brain or my heart and soul saying that he's going to get a fine but I'm going to say brain I think he's going to get a fine. If the NBA f suspends him for that, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, Schroeder was fine. They played They played on. This is the playoffs. There's, you know, emotions are high. Should he have gotten a flagrant? Yes. He's lucky. He, maybe, he, he's, maybe he's lucky he didn't get ejected. Maybe that's, maybe that's the luckiest part about the whole thing, if he doesn't get suspended at all. Um, but it's an emotional game. It was probably the best playoff game of the NBA playoffs so far. Maybe I'm being a little biased, but there hasn't been that many good playoff games so far. This was a pretty pretty good game all the way through. I mean, Celtics took a big lead at one point, but Hawks came back. It was an emotional, intense game. I think he'll get a fine. I think he'll be in the lineup on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, there's been a few other better games, but it was it was definitely the best game of this series, and there's been a few real... All right, well, it's definitely like a top three game. It, there hasn't been that Not many really. great... Okay, all the game ones weren't great. Most of the game twos weren't great. 
I'm telling you, it's got to be a top five right. game. I'm saying I'll, it's a top five game. I think game we should end the video at this point. But yeah, okay. So stick around for part three. Top five games, We're going to answer sure. your Facebook live feed questions here on the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Welcome to part three of the Garden Report. We're doing our Facebook live stream on CLNS Radio's Facebook page. We're going to answer your questions here after the Celtics beat the Hawks in Game Three. So I'm now I'm going to flip it around so that everybody can see. Yeah, we're getting a lot. Of, we're getting a lot of emoji feedback here. Show, show, so, show, show everybody the. Give them a. Give them a, a tour. Little, not a tour, but show them. You know, okay, so we'll give show you guys, them what they want. Show oh, wait, them the banners. All right, so. Here is uh, the loge right here. Give them the banners real quick and we'll do There's this. the court. We got the Bruins banners right here. And we've got and those aren't the Celtics changed. Those aren't changing right for there. a while. There's the Jumbotron. There's center court. Ooh. We got the bench. There's the away bench right there. And there is the Celtics bench over there. Right, and there's press row where we sit. All right, so let's flip this bad boy around here. We got a lot of likes for that one. You know, we're just learning how to do the live stream, really, so this is all new to us. So, wow, we're about to peak 100, 100 active viewers on the live stream. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. All right, did we, are we... All right, so we're recording there. We're recording on the live stream Intro here. Intro this, right? Yeah, we already did that. Oh, so, we did? Shoot. All right, so... Okay, so what's we're, up we're, with Jared Solinger? Is he Facebook. just out of shape? Is the first question. That's from Nicola I Bogani. I don't really... I don't think his issues are that he's out of shape. I don't... I, I mean, do you? I don't uh, think. I mean, I think he's. He's definitely a little bit hurt because he looks like he looks so sluggish out there. It's incredible. There might. It's not like all of a sudden his conditioning died at the end of the season. He right. Exactly. Dealing with some sort of injury that's causing this. Maybe he's got an injury. Maybe the Hawks are just taking. You know, it's just not. A, might just not be a good matchup for him. It's very easy that when Selinger is struggling to say, "Oh, he's out of shape," I just think that's kind of yeah. that's kind of a lazy. Uh, not to say the question, it's a lazy question. I just, it's a lazy way to, to just say, oh, that's why he's struggling. But it, that's not the case. I think he really did put a lot of time in over the offseason. I think he's had a, I think he had a pretty good, I think he had a really good regular season for them. He did. I mean, he did what he needed to do. He had a little do. bit up and down, but he was really good. Yeah, I mean, season. overall, I thought he was, for the most part, consistent. I think he had a good contract year, and he's going to get, uh, you know, a decent contract. Um, I don't know if it's going to be with these guys, but, um, you know, I don't think this is the time or place to talk about yeah, uh, off season. But I mean, that's I, what everybody wants to know. Sorry, guys. Off season questions will have to save for maybe after the right. series is over. But uh, I just think it's just not a good. It's not the right matchups for him right sure. now. Sure. Um, you know the thing is the matchup against Millsap is brutal for him because he he can't keep up with Millsap's versatility. Mm -hmm. And Horford would be an okay matchup if he was more athletic. But Horford is just he's a superior athlete to him, and he's kind of running circles around him. So there's just not much of a matchup left in this series for Jared. Mm -hmm. And Jared's really going to be coming off the bench for 10 minutes. Tonight he played 11 minutes, and that's probably what we're going to see because Amir was great yeah. and Jarebko was great. Minus three, and they're going small a lot of the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, they're going small. So they're only playing one big out there. Amir usually isn't that big. It's going to be probably Jarebko. And then if Kelly can come back, Kelly's going to get a lot of those fourth quarter stretch minutes. I'll tell you what, if the Celtics can get, can get past the Hawks somehow and they end up against the Cavs, we saw a very effective Jared Selinger against Kevin Love in the regular season. So be careful what you say about Selinger right now because he's going to come back. He could be a very important player for these guys once again if they do make it to the next round. All right, so homie over at Celtics blog, Bill Sy wants to know what can the Celtics do to prevent so much penetration by Tegan Schroeder. Uh, Schroeder. So Tough. For, 
first off, not much because it's Jeff Teague and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, one thing they can do, obviously, is get more offensive rebounds, reduce transition opportunities for Atlanta because those are the guys. Schroeder's, Schroeder was really good in transition tonight. I really liked what he was doing. Uh, but they, I think when they go with the smaller lineups, that really helps them prevent transition because they're able to switch more. Having right. Jarebko, or I'm sorry, prevent uh, penetration. Having Jarebko out there really helps. You have to, you have to, right. You have to, what's the saying? You have to cut off the head of the snake. You, you have to, you can't let them get a full steam ahead. You know what I mean? You have to stop them at the point of entry. Don't let them get, you know, you can't let them turn the corner on a pick and roll and start charging in because they are shifty. They are, you know, Teague's one of the, willing to bet Teague's one of Brad Stevens' favorite players. The yeah, way definitely. He, the way definitely. he talks about Teague, even when Teague's not even a part of the game or pregame, he'll go out of his way to, to commend Teague. So there's no, there's no sleeping, you know, there's plenty of focus on stopping Teague's penetration. The fact that the Celtics can't is because Teague is that good. Be and the only thing that's going to stop him is if Evan Turner literally breaks Teague's ankles like he <laughs> almost did. Uh, tonight in the <laughs> are we, have we checked on Jeff yet? I don't know. That was that crossover was incredible. That was. That By was the way, tough. we just hit a hundred live viewers right now, so thanks everyone Century tuning mark. in. Yeah, I can guarantee you the Celtics will be in game like right before Game Seven of the Finals against the Warriors, and they'll be like, "So like, how great is Steph Curry?" It'll be like, you know, Steph's great, but as Brad Stevens, I feel of, that Jeff Teague, Teague is who I really want to talk Teague about right blah, now. Blah, 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 just like love that. Jeff Teague, and frankly, how could you, you know? I don't know why people were crapping on Jeff Teague so much earlier Oh, he had a slow start to the year, and he had injuries. Speaking of ankles, he had a bad ankle That's true, and now it's it's resurged, unfortunately, for him. But (laughs) he is so good with the ball, has such great body control, despite what uh, Evan Turner destroying his ankles. But I I love everything about his game. I think you have to account for the fact that he's going to get, like, four baskets in the paint against you every single game. It's mostly about not letting him get open shots. I feel like every game so far in the series, he's gotten a couple, like, wide-open shots just because of blown switches or because he's one of those guys that he can take a dribble in and then bounce off the dribble, kind of like Isaiah Thomas says. He'll, he'll cover like eight feet of space and he'll pop out for a shot. It's really taking those shots away from him, or at least being able to be quick enough to react and contest on those shots. And that's what Avery Bradley does so well, but they don't have Avery Bradley, so they don't really have anyone right now that can do that. Agreed. Let's okay. go. We're rapid fire session All right. now. Let's One more question rip- here. No, let's rifle through like three. Paul Flaherty the third asked, does Jay Crowder look out of sync to you guys struggling bad? Yeah, we kind of touched upon this oh, in well, the first few videos. Of course he looks yeah. out of sync. He's one for eleven clearly, tonight. What was he? One for eleven. Yeah, tonight. So one, one for, for 11. seven from three. So he he doesn't have any lift right now, and I, I it's in, that that is you're talking about is Sully injured? Jay Crowder is dealing with an injury, but that we, and we problem. know about right. that. And he admitted that he wasn't going to be a hundred percent for right. the series at all. Um, hey, Jeremy Carp, thanks for joining the live feed. Um, but he, you know, with they him, still need him out there. You they know, need him to hit set shots from deep. He has to well, do that if they want to win. Yeah, the last two games he hasn't been able to hit anything, but they need him out there because he's still, he's clearly playing playing through pain, but he's still giving you what you need on the defensive end. As as much as he might be hurting offensively right now, you still need him out there, and you just gotta hope that you know some of those shots, some of those shots will start to fall. Mm-hmm. Next, Nick Sicario asked. Uh, he has a bunch of crazy questions. It's fine. Okay, can Terry Rozier score forty two points or not? Nah? I say nah, probably. I'd say yes, maybe in like five years. Okay. Hope that he, Nick Sicario says hope that it is only suspended for one game instead of the rest of the series. I can't oh, imagine well, he would be suspended for more than one game. Next question. Uh, he asks. Uh, here we go. Can Turner be the factor of Game Four? That's asked by Nicola Bogani. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's been a factor all all season. He's been, you know, if 
if you have a good Evan Turner, you've got a good shot at winning. If you have a bad Evan Turner, I mean, that's pretty much your glue guy. I mean, when you've got a healthy roster, he's your glue guy from the bench to the starting lineup. And you saw how important he was tonight when he moved to the starting lineup. You need Evan Turner to be on his game. You need to see the the herky-jerky dribbling. Yep. You need to see the, the, the nice passing. And he's got to hit his mid-range jumpers. And that's what he's been, you know, that's what he's made himself to be known for now. He, he was really going for those mid-range jumpers tonight. What I really liked tonight was the way that they were operating with him out of the post, where they've really gone to it a lot more in the mm. second half of the season, especially the last couple months. They always post him up on the left side. Tonight, we actually saw him post up on the right side, and he is so good of he'll get a smaller guard. Like, I think he got Schroeder and Teague a couple times on the post up there. He'll spin around them, use a drop step, and he's by them. And then it's a matter of what was really impressive. He had one on the right side where he got around, I want to say it was Schroeder, and then Paul Millsap came right there, came flying at him, and he was able to upfake Millsap out of the way and then reach around for a finger roll. And I think he either drew the foul or complained that he didn't get the foul. But he's able to make plays like that where he's the only guy on the Celtics right now that they can actually go to an ISO post-up and score with. It's I agree. Kind of sad, but also kind of amazing at the same time. I want time. you to read my favorite question right there by Kevin O'Connor. Oh, you just Oh, uh, where is it? it? Kevin O'Connor's question. Uh, no, he just says you're right about Sully. Oh, like, I know. I he might, you read it. <laughs> he, Kevin O'Connor says Jimmy's <laughs> right about Sully. Atlanta might not be the series for uh, Sully, but Cleveland is versus Love, Thompson, and Moskov. Assuming and Cleveland wins that series. When Kevin agrees with me, I know I'm right. That's right, exactly. Uh, let's see, more questions here. Bye, bye. I want um, everyone uh, buy Kevin O'Connor's draft guide. Yes, thank Celticsblog you. Celticsblog.com draft guide. It's the most comprehensive draft guide in existence. And I know Kevin has got another update coming in a couple of weeks here. Kevin, you're in the comments. You can tell everybody about it. Uh, but I pre-ordered it months ago because it is my Bible. During the during the summer, before the, even after the draft, it is my absolute Bible. Last year when I was doing draft coverage, I kept going back to it live while I was doing my coverage. I bought uh, it last year. I haven't bought it this year because I know once I buy it, it's going to take me away from like what game is going on. As soon as as soon as my focus can be on that, I'm yeah. buying that and I'm diving into it. All right. Uh, one more thing. Peter Flaherty III asks, he says, love the purple. That's right. We got the Paisley purple ties tonight in honor of Prince. What is your favorite Prince song? Little Red Corvette. You think so? <laughs> I don't know. To be, I, I respect Prince for everything that he is. I can't say that I, I'm a huge, huge, huge major Prince fan, but I do enjoy He's a legend. He's one of those guys that you're always going to His Prince has passed, but his music is going to live on forever. All right, so not Purple Rain, answer. dude. I mean, Purple yeah. Rain. See, for me, it's when doves cry. The roaring guitar. So I love, what I love about Prince is his guitar virtuosity. I'm a huge guitar guy, and he is just phenomenal in that one. Purple Rain is great, but he's what phenomenal What up, T.L. Hughley? He okay. said give him a shout-out. T.L. Hughley, what up, son? Is that D.L. Hughley or T.L. Hughley? It was T.L. Oh, wait, hold on. T.L. would have been cool. Carolina Jota with a 100 in there. What's up, Carol? That's exactly right, how I talked to my girlfriend in real life. All right, one more question, then we're done. All right, shout out to T.L. Hughley. Do we have um, any legit questions left, or is that it? Uh, I think we might have more. Is there any more? Use your finger. Yeah, I thought this thing would work. Uh, let's see. Nicola says goodnight because it's 730 in the morning. Come on, and still a has question, to sleep. a real question. Here we go. Uh, thank you, Kevin. You don't have to be shameless. We asked you to promote it. Uh, oh, Kevin O'Connor's got a question for the Guard Report. Uh -oh. The show that he bailed on that he was supposed to be on tonight, but he decided he has to live an hour away and have to go home. Kevin, what's your question? <laughs> I hope this is a really good question. It better be amazing. We're waiting here, Kevin. Uh, before, you hey! before you ask, boxer briefs. Me? Boxers. I didn't ask you. Oh. <laughs> for Kevin. <laughs> I thought Kev was going to ask that. Uh. 
All right, Kevin, what's the question? Yeah, well, ask. Nick wants to know if Evan Turner will be here next year. We have to address it. Um, mm. Phil Jackson's going to give him, like, $12 million a year next year for, like, three years. So This is going to be our last question, unless Kevin asks. But, yeah. okay, Evan Turner. He's, I was having this conversation with somebody earlier. Okay. Somebody, somebody said, well, to, remember Tony Allen, the Tony Allen, whole thing with Tony Allen. But I, the whole thing with Tony, Tony Allen was Doc Rivers didn't really play Tony Allen enough. I think if it was up – I think if Doc Rivers maybe had TAs back a little bit, he would have been back. I, I still think that was the biggest miss in that era was letting Tony Allen walk. I mean, and that's pretty obvious to say because he's become one of the best defensive players of this generation, if not the best defensive mm-hmm. on-ball defender. Um, is Evan Turner kind of like that where he's a guy that's going to leave the Celtics, get that next big contract, and, and continue to flourish on another team? He could be because I don't know. As, but the difference is Brad Stevens loves Evan Turner. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's interesting to see the difference between Tony Allen and Evan Turner because I think Brad Stevens might go to bat for Evan Turner in the offseason and say, like, we really want this guy. He's important to what we do here. He's a great glue guy. He loves the game. He's fine coming off the bench. So I'm really interested to see how high they're willing to go to get Turner. I like Turner a lot. I, I like him. Uh, as a player, he's a, he's a pretty nice guy off the court. I think he's a good locker room guy, contrary to what maybe people kind I of that, painted I think, him I think out. that's over at this point. People kind of painted him It was just because of Indiana. Though. It was just because of Indiana. Yeah. And you know why? I think it's because this. Evan Turner has a, a very strong personality. I think maybe some people may not get his jokes right away. So him coming into uh, a team midway through the year, maybe that didn't. Maybe he was a little too colorful around some of those guys and they didn't sit well with him. But when you get a guy that's, you know, from there from day one and everyone gets to know him and – you know, gets to really, you know, you know, appreciate, you know, his humor and all that, he starts to really gel with the guy. So I think that's kind of what happened. He's kind of found a home here. So it would be good to see him back. You know, with Evan, Long-winded because of answer. his kind of laid back and lackadaisical attitude, or really just kind of silly attitude, I think when he went into Indiana and they had a very intense environment that it was all mm-hmm. about, yep. you know, Lance Stevenson with his born ready phase. Um, Roy Hibbert was, I mean, Roy Hibbert's kind of a fun guy too, uh, with Frank Vogel as the coach. Um, <laughs> Definitely. We got a legit Wait, question. Celtics Fox says Evan Turner's jokes are BJ or B. They're right. the B. I, he doesn't make a lot of he doesn't make a lot of BJ jokes. So I'm gonna guess that as B isn't the best. Uh, wow, a hundred comments now on the live hey, feed. The live feed's We got one last right question. Now. We got one last question from okay. Kevin. All right, one last so question from Kevin. Kevin O'Carter. Oh, my answer is I think the Celtics will take the resources that they would give to Jared Solinger and they will focus them on Evan Turner. I don't think Jared Solinger is going to stay here. I think they're going it's to pursue. Answer. They're going to pursue another we'll big, see. in the uh, probably in the draft as well, and in free agency and probably through trade. So I don't think Last Jared Solinger is going to be here. So Kevin, Kevin O'Connor, and you you can just take off. I'll keep answering questions. Uh, okay. But last question for me. Kevin O'Connor asks if Isaiah Thomas is suspended, and I might have missed this. He didn't. Do the Celtics need to change their overall strategy or just do the same things with Smart and Turner? So, in other words, what changes without Thomas? So, okay, well, for one, you they can't. Their you, offense doesn't work without Isaiah. I mean, right. So, at this point, it's basically where can you can find you imagine, more creativity? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to say, I don't want to be that guy, but can you okay. imagine Marcus Smart taking 24 shots on Sunday? I mean, if the Celtics really don't change anything. Can you go one for 24? Is that possible? <laughs> And I might be a little hard and smart at times, but offensively he has struggled. I know he does a lot off the ball, and I know he's improved in a lot of areas. And Kevin loves Marcus Smart, and he probably thinks that Smart can take over for. And I don't, I won't say he's wrong for that. But the Celtics clearly would have to change a lot of what they do on offense. Unfortunately, I don't think whatever they do is going to 
change the outcome of the game because I think Isaiah is that important to the team where they just need they need his points. I mean, he scored 42 points tonight, and they had a total of 111. So um, he's important to the team. What would you say they which I think maybe they – what? They, okay, so, they, they go so bigger? Just, they go big? Just to get under <laughs> Kevin's skin, I think they should start James Young if Isaiah gets hurt. I know that Kevin would probably just crash his car after I said that. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, just looking at the roster right now. So you have to you have to put smaller. Marcus in the starting lineup. You're going to have to run plays to get right. Marcus dribble handoffs and try to attack the rim. We've seen so far that when Marcus dribble penetrates against Horford <laughs> and Millsap, he is screwed because they go straight up on him, and he leans back and puts up that floater, and it maybe catches the rim, maybe catches the backboard if he's lucky. Marcus just hasn't figured out how to have a soft touch around the rim, hasn't really learned how to lead with his shoulders going in the air yet. That's just not in his game yet. Tell you what. Maybe it'll be there next year, but, I mean, their offense is completely screwed. That means Evan Turner's usage rate is going to be like 70% basically if Isaiah were to get hurt. And they're gonna have to they're gonna have to force Avery to come back. I mean, I'm sorry if Isaiah gets hurt. If Isaiah is suspended, um, and then it's gonna be the Terry Rozier. There's game. gonna be a lot of Rozier. You're gonna see Rozier running point a lot, a lot of pick and rolls for him. It'll be, he, you know, we don't know, but him and Hunter, you could probably get them in a couple PNR situations with Hunter hiding corner, and they'll be running a pretty similar. They could try to run a similar offense, and it might work. We haven't really seen them get that opportunity yet. All right, you have to go. So I'm last statement, go. then I'm gonna keep going here Thanks, with facing people. All right, that's it. Uh, I'll hit you over the yeah, morning. Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to practice tomorrow? Nope. Oh, you know what? We should stop recording this. So thank you to everybody if you're still watching this. Uh, we'll Thanks, see guys. you after game four. from Celtics Hub. Uh, Isaiah, I'm going to read you a list. These are players that have scored 40 points in a playoff game for the Celtics. It's Ray Allen, Larry Bird, John Havlicek, Sam Jones, Reggie Lewis, Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, Jojo White, and Isaiah Thomas. Can you speak to that list of players and, and what hearing that makes you feel? Um, I'm just glad we got the win first and foremost, but I mean, that makes me feel happy just to be in the same category as those great players. And I just want to follow in the footsteps of all the Celtics greats. And I know that starts by winning and, 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 and then other than winning, winning championships. So um, we're far from that, but I, I still want to, I still want to have my name up there. So I'm happy about that. Mike. Um, uh, Mike Coppinger, USA Today. Uh, Isaiah, you you, you didn't have a great game in game two, and you seemed like you seemed motivated to raise your game to a new level, and obviously you did that and more. Um, what, do, what do you attribute tonight's performance to? Um, my coaches and my teammates, um, coach, made adjustments, um, and he just put me in a better position to be successful. And, and first and foremost, I was just in attack mode. I was trying to do whatever it takes to win this game, and my teammates kept feeding me and putting me 
in the right spots and um, the shots was falling. So that's all I did. I got the easy part. My teammates helped me out a lot and coach does a great job of adjusting. Isaiah, Jake Fisher with Sports Illustrated. Um, I believe Allen Iverson and Isaiah Thomas texted you before yeah. the game. What did they tell you? Allen Iverson just said, keep fighting. Um, they, they did what they were supposed to do in Atlanta. Now it's time for you guys to take take advantage of being at home. And then Isaiah Thomas just gave me a few tips I can't can't tell you guys about. But he 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 um, told me what he's seen and, and he helped me out a lot. Left side, Steve. Uh, Isaiah uh, and Jonas and the Green Girl. Uh, what about the guy to your your left here? Um, can you talk about just what he gave you in this situation? Space, space and opportunity. Um, he's a hell of a shooter. Um, the Hawks and everybody in, this, in the NBA got to respect his shooting ability. And he just, he gives me space to work. And um, I'm glad he got his opportunity tonight. And he, he was the difference maker. I mean, he, he spaced the floor for everybody. He's always in the right spots. And um, it makes it, it's tough to guard when you got a shooter like that that can stretch the floor and, and knock down shots and also um, attack the attack the paint, and he did a hell of a job tonight. Uh, Steve Buckley, Boston Herald. Isaiah, those names that we just read to you, I was going to ask you the same question. Were you aware of that before you came in here? Was that brought to your attention in the locker room or on the scoreboard? And if so, can you tell us about that? I wasn't, but um, it's a it's a great a great moment, I guess, to just be even mentioned with those Celtics greats and. Like I said, it, it feels even better that we got the win. And one of the, t tonight was just a game I just, I didn't care what happened. I was out there just trying to make the right play, make the winning plays, and do what I can to make help this team win. Huh? Nah, I always tried to hit 40. So I, <laughs> I'm glad I got there. <laughs> Mike, for a row? Yeah, Isaiah, Mike Petralia, WEEI uh, here in Boston. Um, Two-part question. Uh, first of all, did you feel like you were going to have to carry the load tonight? And secondly, do you think the kind of effort you gave tonight and the team is sustainable for four wins? Um, I felt like I just had to be in more of attack mode. I'm um, not just thinking score, but coach put me in position. Even practice the last few days, he just did a few adjustments to put me in position to to, to show the Hawks something different and put me in position to be in scoring opportunities and my teammates found me and set screens and got me open and all those things. My job is easy to just put the ball in the basket. So um, I feel like I can not not score 40 every game, but um, I, I got to play at, at a high level for for us to win. And other guys got to play at a high level for us to beat this team because they're so well-rounded and talented. Right hand side, Mark. Hey guys, Mark D'Amico, Celtics.com. Uh, first for you, Jonas. Watching you out there, it looked like you could have ran through a wall with the energy that you had at the start of that game. Can you just speak to the intensity and uh, the motivation you had in being brought into the starting lineup? Yeah, you know, one of the things the coach said, just come out and play your game. You know, we had the first two games, we came out kind of flat, and I just, you know, I just wanted to bring that energy uh, to start of the game and, and start, start the game off right, uh, you know. Uh, got a little lucky there on uh, Isaiah's miss, and, and that started the game off right. Isaiah, that starting lineup, uh, how did that change things for you guys tonight as opposed to the first two games? Just gives us space. Uh, I think Brad is just big on space and being in attack mode, catch and go, 
he's always talking about is it catch and attack the paint or pass or shoot it. And I think the guys out there today were just guys that can catch, shoot, um, drive the lane, and, and make, make the extra pass. And, and um, everybody played a big part in tonight's win, but it's only one game. Now we got to look to look to game four to, to take take um, care of home court. Left-hand side, Kevin. Kevin O'Connor, SB Nation. There's obviously a lot of talk about the spacing Jonas provides, but how much does his ability to switch on defense really help you guys out, especially when you go 4-5 or five with Crowder at the 4 and Jonas at the 5? Um, it helps a lot. It goes back to last year. I think we, we ran that lineup a lot last year, and we were very successful in making teams than just to us on both ends. Um, Jonas is a versatile player that can that can guard multiple positions. He was even out there guarding Schroeder and Teague, and that's 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 hard to do. But he did a he did a pretty good job on them, and we just got to build on this. Um, remain confident, and 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 look forward to Game Four. Jonas, how, how comfortable do you feel defending multiple positions? Um, that's the way we've been playing all year when I've been in there, and you know he's been throwing me at the five or the four or the three, and and we've been switching around, and and uh, you know like I say, I said just making the other team uh, adjust to what we do, um, and uh, it kind of worked pretty good today, but I I think we can do a lot better. Um, he got a couple easy buckets on me, and so did Schroeder. So and that's something I got to look at the video and and take take away in the next game. Final question, Chris, on the right hand side. I just got to ask you, uh, what precipitated the, the incident between you and Dennis? Appeared you hit him in the head, and I wondered if you're concerned what a league review might find. No, I'm not, because I didn't mean to hit him in the head. So, I mean, he got mad. He was talking, but it's playoff basketball. That's what it's about. I'm not going to back down from anybody, and he knows that. I'm not Bill Doyle. Where's Bill? <laughs> They talk about Isaiah. I mean, it just seemed to me in the third quarter he was just not going to let you guys lose. Yeah, I thought, I thought, you know, I knew we would start with great energy because our guys were hurting a little bit from Tuesday. But um, I was really worried that we would be, you know, I don't know if any of you that have ever run the mile, you run the first lap, breakneck speed, and then about the third lap, it just feels like you're never going to make the last two laps. And um, I thought that we were starting to wear down, obviously, after we took that 19-point lead. But then um, Isaiah made huge play after huge play. But then everybody made um, plays to kind of keep it at bay after they tied it and then you know push it out at the end. Uh, I thought the basket at the end of the fourth quarter or third quarter was huge by Jonas. And um, you know starting the fourth quarter off with a couple of buckets was was big too just to kind of get our get ourselves right um you know because it's hard when Corver gets going like that and those guys get driving downhill they're a good team it's hard Brad Paul Flannery SB Nation um you talked about moving Isaiah off the ball even before the game but was did you anticipate it being this much with him sort of you know basically being a, a two guard then well I mean we're playing so of our nine guys that played four of them are point guards because I include Evan in that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and we'll look at what was good, what was not good, and have to adjust some. Cool front, Mark. Mark Murphy, Boston Herald, Brad. Um, Jonas just seemed to bring an awful lot of energy at the start. Was that the idea with him? I mean, just the way he attacks and does all those things? Yeah, I mean, he plays really, really hard. Yeah, he's got 
versatility with regard to def you know defensively. Um, it's really hard to switch on the Teague and Schroeder, but um, all of our bigs have to do that some as they get going downhill on you. And um, and then his scoring is just a plus. You know, if he scores, he scores. If not, he's still spacing for us. And so they have to honor that. Um, and he had a big driving basket with his left hand in the fourth quarter. He had uh, the big basket at the end of the third quarter. Um, but then his defense was really great all night, I thought. Brian? Brian Robb, 98.5. Um, Hi, Brian. Just, uh, just getting your first playoff win under your belt, can you just talk about your feelings right now and just kind of that, I know it's nothing for the game series. Sunday. I mean, it's great. I'm, I'm, it's better than the alternative. Um, but this team's too good to, to uh, do anything but focus on what's next. Cameron Tuppence of I, Celtics Up. Uh, a couple of flagrants, some technical fouls. What do you think of the energy? What do you think of the enthusiasm that the players on both sides showed? Players, crowd, everybody. I mean, it was a great environment. Both teams were competing. Sometimes when you're competing, it gets physical. But you know, I didn't think there was, you know, there uh, obviously the flagrants. Um, I'll have to go back and look at them, but obviously there were fouls where they got hit in the head. Um, but I, I didn't feel like there was anything on either side that was over the line um, from my impression when I was watching. So, again, I haven't really seen the flagrants, and I'll have to go back and look at them. But um, I thought both teams competed. I mean, they, we have a lot of respect for them. They're, they're competitive, savvy, tough guys. Right inside, Mark. Coach, Mark D'Amico, Celtics.com. Uh, you spoke at length about what Jonas brought to you guys tonight, but just that starting group as a whole, what did they change for you as a group? Um, well, I mean, obviously, I, I, told, I, I said yesterday that, uh, or today that Evan has the ability to get inside the paint, um, ability to score a little bit in that regard. Um, as did Smart for us a lot in the fourth quarter. We had Smart with the ball a lot. He made a lot of good plays. But those four guys are pretty interchangeable with regard to minutes and everything else. But then Jonas's versatility, because um, they play, you know, they, they, they play, um, you know, Muscala in the first half of all three games now, but have gone small in all three in the second. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to guard the three point line, and, and Jonas can help do that. Left hand side, coach. Mike Hobbins, your USA Today. Um, obviously, Isaiah Thomas had a great game today, but what do you think it says about him as a player that he was able to drop a career high in, you know, when you guys really needed this in the biggest stage possible? Well, I really believe this. I, I said it before the game. Like, he played – he did a lot of what he did all year in the first two games. It was just everybody was at the rim to challenge him. We made a couple shots. That loosens up a little bit. And, uh, and then we got some movement before the drive, which loosens it up a little bit. Um, he's a really good player, and um, he's a really competitive guy. And so I'm not surprised when he plays well. Kevin O'Connor, SB Nation. You kind of alluded to this already, but Marcus Smart's ability to uh, handle the ball has really developed since he joined you guys uh, two years ago. How has that enabled you to play Isaiah more off ball? Well, I think that um, – you know, his ability to run pick and rolls and his ability to make passes and kick across or, or, you know, have an act and finish are all improving and he's worked hard on them. That was probably what he worked the hardest on in the offseason. 
um, along with, with the shooting, which I think will continue to improve in both of those areas. But, um, you know, I thought he did a good job. And it, and it helps when the other point guard makes a couple threes, too. You know, Terry came in and gave us great minutes again. Um, so, which, you know, that's, that's a real positive is you look at, you know, you got two guys under 22 making big plays and big moments. Left-hand side, Steve. Steve Belpet, Boston Herald, behind Taylor's pick. Um, you said before the game that uh, um, the looks you got tonight might not be the traditional good looks. Was, was it that kind of game for you guys? Uh, we hit a couple of the traditional good looks, but we weren't shy in shooting those, you know, those long twos, which sometimes you're open and you got to shoot them. You know, we didn't want to be hesitant. You know, this is an excellent defense we're playing against. They do a great job of protecting the paint, protecting the three-point line. So we had to take our best shot and be aggressive in doing that. And did you get the sense that uh, after the way the first few games went, based on how your season went, that this was a game your guys felt like they had to have? You know, Steve, I think we don't really talk in terms of has to have, but we talk in terms of have to compete. Like Tuesday was tough. Um, it wasn't like our guys didn't want to compete. They just got hit with a buzzsaw in the first four minutes, and we, you know, it, we were out of it. And we just got knocked out of it. And so, again, I knew we were going to compete tonight. I was just worried that we were going to run the first lap of the mile too fast and, and not have anything at the end of the day. But we did, we did both. So we're good. Jake Fisher, Sports Illustrated. You talked about the shot selection. When Isaiah is going like that, obviously his greener light becomes even more greener. Do you just live Can't with get any more green than playing yeah. here. He can shoot it whenever he's open or thinks he's open. So you start to live with some of the kind of rush shots that he checks at that point in the game? I'm, I'm rolling with it. I think we all, I think everybody in that, in that locker room is saying the same thing. And we believe in all of our guys making shots. I said before the game, I thought we were going to make more shots. You know, you can't ever predict that stuff. Don't, doesn't mean you're going to win, but I thought we'd shoot it better. Final question, Sherrod? Sherrod Blakely, Comcast Sports Night. Uh, Brad, Evan Turner, um, a guy you've had a lot of trust and a lot of faith in down a stretch in games. Just talk a little bit more about what he seemed, the common presence that he seems to provide this team in really tight situations like tonight. Just talk a little about that. Yeah, Evan's a good player. I mean, Evan, we, we need Evan to be able to play, make, and shoot, and score for us. Um, you know, he shot the three well over the last couple of months, but, um, you know, he's really good in that middle area and, and making pull-ups and, and creating pull-ups and those type of things. And like I said earlier, that was going to be – we were going to have to take some of those. And, um, you know, he's, he's been a big part of us for the last two years. Glad he's here. Well, I really believe this. I, I said it before the game. Like he played, he did a lot of what he did all year in the first two games. It was just everybody was at the rim to challenge him. We made a couple shots that loosens up a little bit, and uh, and then we got some movement before the drive, which loosens it up a little bit. Um, he's a really good player, and. Um, He's a really competitive guy, and so I'm not surprised when he plays well. Um, my coaches and my teammates, um, coach, made adjustments, um, and he just put me in a better position to be successful. And, and first and foremost, I was just in attack mode. I was trying to do whatever it takes to win this game, and my teammates kept feeding me and putting me in the right spots, and um, the shots was falling. So 
that's all I did. I got the easy part. My teammates helped me out a lot, and coach does a great job of adjusting. The Celtics win 111 to 103 in game three of this first round series against the Atlanta Hawks as Isaiah Thomas has a career high 42 points. We're going to break this game down for you on the Garden Report. Powered by They got to win. Powered by Seeking on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Yes, I'm the boss. Welcome to the show. I am Jared Weiss, your Valiant co-host. With me, as always, Jimothy Toscano. As usual. We're here to pay tribute to Purple Rain himself, Prince. Purple Rain. I'm Purple not Rain. Oh. Oh, yeah. So we got Jeremy we behind the a lot camera. Of All the Facebook Live viewers. Oh, no. We got more viewers after dropping some rhymes there. So, the Celtics win. Isaiah Thomas has a career-high 42 points. Jonas Jurebko plays the greatest center performance of his career. Plays more than 30 minutes for the first time in five career seasons. Career night for Jurebko, too. Five Put seasons. It out there. He hasn't played more than 30 minutes. He plays 37 minutes. But let's talk about Isaiah here in part one. We'll talk about Jonas in part two. They unleashed Isaiah by starting Evan Turner, and letting Evan Turner run point out of the post for a lot of this game getting Isaiah off the ball mm -hmm. and letting him run circles until he found his open look. And this time, instead of hitting finger rolls off the front of the rim, they were actually going into that. The difference, our, our buddy Doc Rivers will tell you, it's a make-or-miss league. It's a make-or-miss league. He will tell you that. <laughs> and, I mean, if you, in the early on in this game, you could tell the spacing was the, biggest, was the biggest difference right off the bat. And that's exactly, you know, oftentimes the team will put it in a game plan. And it might not work. This one seemed to work exactly how Brad Stevens wanted it to work. Putting in Drebko in there, putting in uh, Turner, allowing Isaiah Thomas to be a little bit more free out there on the court. And you just saw the points start to rack up for these guys. They were hitting the open shots. That's something that they couldn't do last game. They couldn't get in the paint and hit anything last game, the last two games. And when you space the floor the way they did, and that's why not having Olenek really hurts them because he can space the floor clearly. Um, that's why when, you do, when they do space the floor like that, they're, they're effective, and you can see it on both ends because Jarebko, as great as he was offensively, I know we're talking about Jarebko, but as great as he was offensively tonight, mm -hmm. he really helped them defensively. And that helps Isaiah because, as we all know, Isaiah can be a bit of a liability on that defensive end. I think he's doing a pretty decent job. Yeah. I mean, Je he did have to cover Jeff Teague a decent amount. Teague had a really good game. But Teague frankly, had a good Teague, Teague kind of did it to everybody on the team, whether it was Smart covering him or Turner or Crowder ended up getting switched on him. No matter who was covering Jeff Teague, he was able to sidestep them. Um, but Isaiah offensively, I think, did just about everything he possibly could. He was hitting the threes. What did he do? He, he had five threes in this game. You know, he went five he for 12 from deep and then 12 for 24 from the field. So he was almost perfect inside of the three-point line. And he got to the free throw line 13 times tonight. Yep. He finally was able to draw fouls. And he actually hit pretty much all of his free throws. He, The way that he was able to get in the paint and then actually – attack the rim just a little bit quicker and maybe it's because he was getting that head start because he was getting he was kind of getting the ball passed to him on mm -hmm. his cuts a lot of the time but he was able to meet Horford and Millsap and those guys at the rim a little bit earlier than he was in games one and two and that allowed him to get positions so that he could actually get off a clean look while a lot of those those guys were kind of smothering him in the air he wasn't right. getting the same kind of clean look but you know really a lot of it was just that he was missing layups that he usually would make and those a lot of the shots that he was missing in Atlanta those were ones that were going in in Boston. Yeah and it's like anything else when you start to see a couple go in you start to get in that flow you start to get that confidence going I think playing at home is huge for these guys. I mean, as, as much as they like playing on the road, I mean, when they're playing at home, they almost do look a little bit, not only completely different, but they're just 
that intensity, they feed off of it so much because that's the type of guys they are. They're that gritty, clawing, energy guys. And when they can feed off the fans here, I think that just takes it to another level. And I think we saw that right off the bat. But with Isaiah, I mean, this guy, I mean, when you talk about just guys who can put the team on their back and just really step up, and he's, Brad Stevens said after the game, there's no greener light than he has here. You know, and, and no pun intended with the color green. It's just that the guy can shoot. Pretty, they'll let this guy shoot pretty much whenever, wherever, you know, within reason. But you really, there comes points in the game where you just don't want the ball in anybody else's hands but his. And that was one of those games tonight where you just kind of had that feeling when he was going for 40, you know, like around, you know, early on in the third quarter when he was starting to creep up there, you're like, this guy's going to, no, this guy's going to go for 40. And I, a lot of people said he's going to have to go for 40 if they want to win this game. And that might be true too. Because there's sometimes, there's just not a lot of other options offensively. And, I mean, he was the only one that was – that. I mean, him and Amir Johnson were the only two that made more than half of their shots. Mm. Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier also made half of their shots. Jerry Soldier went one for Smart two. Really Smart, Smart was solid tonight. He got it done pretty much everywhere. He had five assists. Uh, he did commit four turnovers, which was definitely an issue. And he's kind of he's, – he's wants to do that. Six or seven flops. Yeah. Um, the last flop he had, uh, Kyle Korver, which I asked Korver about, and Korver said, it's happened a thousand times in the series. I'm not that strong. Where I think Marcus the refs Martin are a little keen to Exploded it. off of him. Mm-hmm. I, wonder, I think he's going to get a fine for that one, because I think he's already gotten a warning. If I'm he not might mistaken, get something. That I, don't, I don't, listen, I, I don't like to flop him by smart, but in that instance, you're talking about what the offensive, re, the, that was when he rebound. went out for the rebound. He didn't do anything for the team, though, in that instance. No, but I don't mind him trying to get a foul there, because maybe you do. Korver had five fouls at the time. And, I mean, give it, give it your best shot. Try to get that guy out of the game because no. he was, you know, the Kyle Corver that we've come to know and hate is the one that, you know, drains threes, you know, up and down, you know, all game. So, I don't hate that flop, but generally speaking, I do hate the flops. I don't think Marcus Smart cares whatsoever whether or not people care about him flopping. He's no, gonna, he doesn't. He's going to continue That's to do it. Game. He's going to find more creative ways to do it. The only downside to it is that he's not going to get the calls as much because he has a reputation right. for flopping. Right, right, right. But so be it. Um, so, lastly, before we go to part two – do the Celtics go with the exact same game plan in the next game? Yes. I think they, they go with the same starting lineup for sure. I mean, you make now you make the Hawks adjust to you. right? What happened today? The, the Celtics had to adjust to the Hawks because the Hawks came out hard on them the first two games. The Celtics were playing catch-up for pretty much the entire game for both games. Um, the Celtics, for the first time in the series, had a lead to play with. They forced the Hawks to adjust to them. So now it's on the Hawks to come out with the game plan uh, in game four and try to counter what the Celtics are doing. You don't mess with success, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're the Celtics, you come out and you start doing the same thing. you got to come out strong. you got to come out. I'm not saying Jonas Drebko is going to start the game off with a tip, you know, a put-back dunk to start things off and take the roof off this place, but you set the tone early and you try to, you know, ride the momentum the rest of the way through. We can't not talk about if Isaiah Thomas is going to be in that game, though. Are we going to talk about that We're now? We're going to lead part two with that one. We're going to lead so part two with that. Okay. Stay here for part two. Uh, before we go, the Garden Report is powered by SeatGeek. And we'll answer questions. And we'll answer questions on the Facebook live stream. But go to SeatGeek to get tickets for Game 4 if you want to go to Game 4. And I can guarantee you it's sold out. So if you want to get tickets, go to SeatGeek. If you're a first-time user, use the code CELTICSBEATS and you will get a $20 rebate off of your first purchase. So that is CELTICSBEAT is the rebate code. So we'll see you for Part 2. Stay on this Stay playlist right there. on this YouTube channel. And we'll be right back Stay on right the there. Garden Report post-game show. Tonight was just a game. I just, I didn't care what happened. I was out there just trying to make the right play, make the winning plays, and do what I can to make help this team win. Huh? 